other day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this unique edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. We like to make them all unique, but some are more unique than others. Okay, what is it about the number 15? The Chiefs have won the AFC West seven consecutive years, second in NFL history in division dominance, but it's also their 15th division title. The Chargers have won the AFC West 15 times. The Raiders have won it 15 times. The Broncos have won it 15 times. Now, that just gets us started with the number 15. But before we get into this even more, Matt, let's take a trip around the world. I'm guessing, I think I know how many trips we're going to take. Yeah, 15. Why not? <laughs> we got 15 people from around the world listening to DTK. So that was obvious, right? Uh, we've Love got, we've got <laughs> Jordan in Miami, Florida, a listener in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Mike is in Yukon, Oklahoma. We have Tyler in Springfield, Missouri, also known as the Mecca of DTK. We always have listeners in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Gene in Iowa, Louisiana. Uh, James is in California. We have Troy in Georgia. Uh, Alaric is in Eugene, Oregon. Go Ducks. Uh, Guy is listening in Carl Junction, Missouri. And then Anthony is listening in Joplin, Missouri. And every week now, we seem to have someone else from the Salem-Kaiser area in Oregon, (laughs) which, of course, is where my career began. I worked for the minor league baseball team up there. Go Volcanoes. I heard from Chris this week. He lives in the Salem-Kaiser area. He grew up in Topeka, uh, but has been in Oregon for the last 10 years and used to go to Volcanoes games back in the day. So I'm trying to grow the Chiefs' footprint out in the Pacific Northwest, and Chris is helping with that. Especially, obviously, in Central Oregon, it appears. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Um, In the Willamette Valley, representing. Beautiful country. It really is. Um, Now we have four people from the Colorado area, which is perfect um, for Broncos Week. We have Ron checking in from Greeley, Colorado, otherwise known as Chiefs Kingdom Rocky Mountain. It was negative 16 there last week, so made our game seem balmy in the eight degrees that we played in. Uh, We have Janet also in Colorado, Jason in Colorado, and we have a listener in Montrose, Colorado. So representing out there in enemy territory. So a couple of those are interesting. Iowa, Louisiana. Yeah. So my son-in-law's paternal side is from Iowa, Louisiana. And it's down there. What? Yes. What are the odds? I don't know. It's a small place. Uh, They have to deal with hurricanes every now and then. Wonderful people down there. But it's near... Uh, like Lake Charles, right? Okay. Big State. Uh, but Iowa, Louisiana, yeah. Check it out. But that's a fun one. That's cool. Uh, and then Carl Junction, the Bulldogs. There's such great area in that Joplin area of Webb City, Carl Junction, Carthage, all these rivalries down there. But that is another bastion of the Chiefs' kingdom. Well, we're having fun with the number 15 today, of course. And Matt just took you 15 places around the world of the Chiefs' kingdom. We know every division team in the AFC West has won the division 15 times. Here's some more 15. So it got us going. Now, prior to this jersey being worn by the GOAT, uh, Patrick Mahomes, it was worn by others. Let's just dive into these. Here's some other 15s in Kansas City Chiefs history. Mike Mercer. Mike Mercer only kicked for the Chiefs for a half season, but he kicked a field goal in the AFL championship game at Buffalo and kicked in Super Bowl one for the Chiefs against the Packers where he nailed a 32-yard field goal. 
I have Jackie Lee. This was a fun research project, by the way, <laughs> learning some things here. I've got Jackie Lee, a quarterback who spent parts of three seasons with the Chiefs from 1967 to 1969, backing up Len Dawson. A fun fact, he played on the Oilers and the Broncos before coming to the Chiefs. He's one of only 20 men to play in every season of the AFL. Love it. Jackie Lee, one of the heroes of that 69 year, which was very bizarre. Okay, a community leader in Kansas City now. He grew up in Kansas City, but he played at Iowa, had 14 career interceptions in the 70s. Kerry Reardon wore number 15. I'll see him occasionally at community events. He reminds me that he wore 15 before Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. So here's your shout-out, Kerry Reardon. Uh, I'm going to go with another quarterback, Todd Collins, uh, an 11-year NFL veteran at quarterback, spent five years with the Chiefs from 2001 to 2005, backing up Trent Green. That was like when I was becoming a Chiefs fan. Yeah, famous for the TC keeper, we called him. Yeah. Uh, that and the check down. TC check down. Walpole, Massachusetts is where uh, our man TC uh, check down was from. All right, another one here, Steve Matthews, near and dear to my heart. My very first year as the voice of the Chiefs, Steve was part of the rookie class. You always remember – your pledge class, right? Oh, yeah. And so Lake Dawson and, and Donnell Bennett are in there. But Steve never appeared for the Chiefs. He had a little bit of time with Jacksonville. Uh, but he was the seventh-round draft pick of the Chiefs in 1994. Left-handed quarterback. Start to do the thinking about how many Chiefs left-handed quarterbacks there have been. But Steve Matthews, number 15, was one of those. Uh, let's stick with the quarterbacks. I have Matt Gutierrez. Spent just one year with the Chiefs in 2009. Appeared in only one game. It was against the Chargers in Week 7, and he was one of one passing for three yards. That's a pretty good QBR, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Not bad. Does he get a 158.3 for that? I don't think so. Oh, I okay. think the yards the come into play here. Yeah, but hey, he was perfect. <laughs> the three yards won't get the 158. More completions than we have. Another 15 is Varan Tucker, and Varan Tucker only played one year for the Chiefs, but he had a touchdown. At the Raiders. And don't you know, someday with his grandkids, he'll so kids. Let me tell you about the touchdown I had as a Chief wearing number 15 against the Raiders. Yeah, not bad. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Steve Breston. And the reason I like this one so much is because I remember it so well when we signed him. So it was 2011 going into that season. The Chiefs had just won the division in 2010. And we were getting Steve Breston, who had three straight 700-yard seasons for the Cardinals, including one 1,000-yard season. I was super pumped about this. I was excited about the Killer Bees. Remember that? That was a big deal going into that season. Rainbow. Uh, Jonathan John Baldwin, Baldwin yeah. and then Steve Breston. Didn't quite work out, but Steve Breston is a, a number 15 in Chiefs history. You mentioned Steve Breston. Now we segue after honoring some of the 15s uh, in Chiefs history that wore it before Patrick Mahomes. But it's also if the Chiefs can beat the Broncos this week on Sunday, it will be the 15th straight time, which is crazy. And I've grown up with this franchise. 15 straight times over the Broncos. That would be third most in NFL history by one team having dominance in a streak over another opponent. But it also brings up a little bit of a danger point. You bring up Breston, it kind of gets <laughs> these thoughts rolling because Denver made a coaching change this week. And many times uncertainty in the NFL can create mm, some peril for the opponent facing that uncertainty. Yeah, you think back to 2011 when the Chiefs were having a so-so year. The Packers were not. The Packers were 13-0. and They had not lost, and they were coming off a Super Bowl championship. The Packers were the best team in football. And they came to Kansas City late in the season, 
people thought they were going to have a perfect season. It was very much on the table for them. They were going to be the next iteration of the 07 Patriots, right? But they were going to finish it with the Super Bowl. And you mentioned the Chiefs being so-so, but it was kind of lowercase so, bigger case so. Yeah, like, I'm being nice about it. Yeah, I remember I mean, getting drilled by the Jets maybe like the week before The week this. prior. And yeah. I believe Todd Haley was fired after that game. And Romeo Cornell was elevated to be the interim head coach for the Chiefs going into that Packers game. Everyone thought the Packers were going to roll in that game, but the Chiefs won that game. Uh, they ended up being the only loss the Packers had all season in the regular season. Uh, and it's a reminder that no matter what's happening in the NFL, anyone can beat anyone. And that's why the Chiefs have to be ready this week because we did a bit of a research project. Well, you did it. It was well, awesome research. In the last three years, so including this season, dating back to 2020, head coaches in their first game with the team as the interim head coach. So after that, the normal head coach has been fired. It's their first game as the interim head coach. Those coaches are 5-2 and two in their first game over the last three years. Now, it's helped by the fact that in 2020, those coaches went 3-0, and oh, and that includes our guy Romeo, who with the Texans, Bill O'Brien got fired, and Romeo won his first game with Houston. But just goes to show that uh, the Broncos are dealing with a lot of stuff right now. We all know that, but the Chiefs still have to be ready for this game. And Steve Breston was a big part of that upset. There was no way, shape, or form the Chiefs should have beaten the 13-0 Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers in his heyday, Jordy Nelson, who's a local hero, K-State hero, Leonardville, Kansas, was – I mean, those two guys were unstoppable. And the Chiefs won this game behind Kyle Orton, but also Steve Breston wearing number 15. Uh all-purpose yards, I think he had like 75 all-purpose yards in that game. I think Thomas Jones was big in that game, he too. He was big, yeah. He was really fired up. I remember how much fun that game was because as a Chiefs fan, we knew that we weren't having a great season. Everyone knew that. But we were all so into it and fired up. I was screaming at the TV. And that just goes to show why football is the greatest sport in the world. It doesn't matter if you're not having a great season or if you don't have, like, a, a chance at making the playoffs. If your team has a chance to win that day, it's all you care about. And, uh, and again, that's why the Chiefs have to be ready for this one. And let's dive into why the Chiefs have to be ready for this specific Denver team. Now, it's interesting. These, these teams just played three weeks ago, right? So I looked at the, They've already had, like, seven major roster moves of the Broncos in those three weeks. They have 32 players on injured reserve. They've added six more, including Draymond Jones, since the Chiefs played them. But let's be perfectly honest here. The best half of football the Broncos have had all season long was against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if Chris Jones doesn't hit Brent Rippon and knock the ball up in the air for Jarius Sneed to intercept it, the Broncos could have won that game. Yeah, you and I were a bit nervous in the uh, radio booth when we were watching that one. We were feeling really good early in the game when it was 27 nothing, And then... In the blink of an eye, it's 27-21, and the Broncos were, were going for it there. But uh, that game really boils down to giveaways, right, turnovers by the Chiefs. That's the reason the Broncos got back into the game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had three interceptions in that game, very uncharacteristic of him, and two of those were on back-to-back -back drives in the first half after the Chiefs had built a bit of a lead, uh, gave the Broncos a short field. And it doesn't matter how much your offense is struggling. If you have a short field in the NFL, there's a good chance you're going to score on that so the Chiefs have to stay away from the turnovers obviously in this game I don't believe Patrick Mahomes has thrown an interception since that game it's a testament to him when he has plays he'd like to have back it just makes him better in the long run but if you look at this Broncos offense it's number 32 in the NFL in terms of scoring they're averaging just 15.5 points per game their 22 total touchdowns this year are last in the NFL uh, and if you look at situations where they have to go the length of the field they only have 18 touchdown drives this year of 70 or more yards as 28th 
in the NFL. So as long as you force the Broncos to go the length of the field, they struggle. They've struggled all year long uh, doing that. You just can't give them short fields and turn the ball over. But again, the concern with an interim coach, uh, Coach Jerry Rossberg will have the who knows how they'll respond, right? They'll also have Cortland Sutton back for this game. He did not play against the Chiefs in that first game. Jerry Judy tore up the Chiefs with three touchdown receptions in that game. And you're looking at Greg Dulcich. We mentioned him on the first meeting. He is an emerging star. He's a very athletic tight end for them. And so when you look at those guys, whomever's quarterbacking, whether it's Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon, those guys enough are available to get explosive plays against the Chiefs defense. Well, and that's why this Broncos squad is so mystifying, right? Because you can look at some teams that – don't have very good players, and it makes sense why they're not finding success. But the Broncos have a ton of really good players on their roster. And, yeah, Jerry Judy is having a breakout season mm-hmm. for these guys. I mean, 55 catches for 780 yards, six touchdowns. You mentioned the three touchdowns against us. You just watch him on a film. It's obvious he has a future in this league, and he's a pretty good player. And, yeah, having Cortland Sutton back is a very big deal, uh, one of the better receivers in the NFL. The problem, though, all year long and recently uh, as well has been protection for Denver. Russell Wilson has been sacked 12 times in his last two games. Uh, Difficult to find those open receivers if you're getting defensive linemen in your face. So hopefully the Chiefs can get their pass rush going once again here in this game. They had six sacks uh, against Russell Wilson a few weeks ago. That matched a season high. Let's do that again here in this one. Yeah, and the Broncos also get Dalton Reisner back. You talk about protection. He did not play in that first game either. He's arguably their best offensive lineman. K-State fans will remember him again, another All-American from K-State who plays guard for them. He can't play tackle. He's also going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Hmm. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, But a very talented player the Broncos did not have in that first meeting. Now, we're going to close it out this way in our final part of 15 because we're going to bring the Bronco defense into play here because this Bronco defense, and I was mystified, uh, right? Quick 20-hour trip to go see uh, the, the wife's side of the family. We're driving back, listening. I got the Broncos, right? I could listen to the Broncos and Rams and do an audio scout. And the Rams put 51 points on them. And I was just, my jaw dropped, navigating the ice, driving home. But the fact that this Bronco defense gave up 51 points is misleading because it was really Bronco turnovers. Yeah. It was just this avalanche of pick sixes and short fields and just messed up. And the defense of Denver didn't have a chance. So don't be tricked, Chiefs Kingdom, by the Bronco defense last week giving up 51 points. Yeah, Russell Wilson was picked off twice before he had a completion in that game. So the defense was just set up to fail from the get-go in that one. Uh, They didn't force any turnovers in that game. They didn't have a sack. And, yeah, technically the Rams scored 51 points. Uh, Only 44 of those were scored offensively by the Rams because one of them was a pick six. That's a lot of points, a lot more points than this Broncos defense is used to giving up. But it's still a playoff caliber defense that we really respect here in this building, and the team really respects them. Of course, they made some great plays when we saw them last time. They kept the Broncos uh, in that game. Uh, This is still the number seven scoring defense in the NFL. They're the number two red zone defense in the NFL, and that is despite going, uh, the Rams went five of six in the red zone last week, so hurt those numbers quite a bit, but they're so good that they're still the number two red zone defense in the league. The Chiefs were two of three in the red zone against these guys back in week 14. Need a similar performance like that uh, here in this one. These guys are 
are a bit vulnerable against the run. We've seen that this year. Uh, they're allowing 117 rushing yards on average. That's 16th in the NFL, so very much middle of the pack. Uh, and the Rams, as a team, rushed for 158 yards last week, made life easier for Baker Mayfield. So uh, hopefully the Chiefs can get the run game going uh, here in this one between Isaiah Pacheco, Ronald Jones, and Jarek McKinnon, and that'll help Patrick Mahomes hopefully have a big day. And think of the three turnovers that Patrick had in that first game against Denver. One, you know, he's a good judgment error, but two are really good defensive plays. Those, oh, yeah. I mean, the Patrick Sertan the second, his interception where he gets it like one-eighth of an inch above the ground that was reviewed, uh, originally called an incompletion, what uh, that pick is as good as you'll find. And Patrick Sertan is the only pro bowler the Broncos have had now for two seasons. Wow. Last year they didn't have one for the first time in 41 years. Now Sertan is going to be, obviously, a Pro Bowl starter on defense, and deservedly so. But then Josie Jewell, the ex-Iowa Hawkeye, had a very good play uh, defensively and kind of tricked Patrick Mahomes a little bit. So let's give the Denver defense here credit coming into this game and be ready to go if you're the Chiefs' kingdom and the Chiefs' team. And we're going to close it out with, of course, the 15. The number 15 changed forever when Patrick <laughs> Mahomes became the Chiefs' quarterback. But we're going to give our case here of why Patrick Mahomes should be the MVP. You hear some crazy talk. It was Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, then he got hurt, right? No pun intended. So it backs that up. Then you hear Justin Jefferson, maybe the NFL MVP as a wide receiver. <laughs> just stop. Let's just stop. Patrick Mahomes is having an incredible season, in many ways historic. His best year ever in completion percentage. He is barreling towards 5,000 yards passing. His touchdown passes will be somewhere in the range of 40 to 45. That's only been done, he'll do it twice in his career. Only Drew Brees has ever done it twice uh, in NFL history. So it's, it's not even close, in my opinion, of Patrick Mahomes being the MVP of the 2022 season. And I'll start by saying I think Jalen Hurts is a heck of a player. Having a great year. Awesome. Gotcha. It's awesome. He's been incredible for them. I think he's a great dude. I always respected how he handled the whole situation at Alabama when Tua Tagovailoa got the job over him at halftime of the national championship game. I have a ton of respect for Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes is obviously the MVP, though. It's not an award given to the best story in the NFL. It's the best player in the NFL. That's what the MVP is, even though it says most valuable player. It's the best player in the NFL. And that is Patrick Mahomes this season. And if you look at traditional numbers, those back it up. He leads the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, passes of 25 or more yards, and passing first downs. The advanced analytics also back it up. Uh, the Ringer, which does great NFL coverage, um, they track something called expected points added. Mahomes is number one in the NFL and expected points added. And the gap between him and number two, which is Josh Allen, is as big as the gap between number three and number 21. All right, that shows how valuable he has been this year and how good he has been. And if you look at quarterback ratings around the NFL, around the, the internet, um, three very different outlets, ESPN's QBR, Pro Football Focus, and The Ringer, they all evaluate things differently, right? They all have Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the NFL. He is the MVP. He should be the MVP. He should be the MVP today. It does not matter what happens the rest of the season with anyone else. He is the best player in football. He deserves this award. A couple other things here to take into account because what he's doing this year uh, is somewhat historic, is historic in many ways. He has a chance to break Drew Brees' all-time NFL record, 2011. Brees had the big passing year, remember, 5,476 yards, but didn't have it at 83 rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes, if you add his passing yards and his rushing yards, 
it could be the greatest year in NFL history in average offensive yards per game. You don't see that much. Here's another one, and this is more of a team stat, but it tells you why Patrick Mahomes is the MVP this season. The Chiefs are the only team in NFL history to have 12 players that have at least 100 scrimmage yards and two-plus touchdowns. Well, you're going, well, wait a minute, that's the rest of the team. It is Patrick Mahomes adjusting his game to make sure he greenlights all these guys. They're setting NFL history right now already with 12 guys that have 100 scrimmage yards and two-plus touchdowns, and that's a result of 15, PM 15. And he's doing that after losing the most explosive player in the NFL and Tyreek Hill. You take Tyreek Hill away and you add a whole bunch of new players, what can you do with these guys? And he's having arguably a, the best season of his career. That says everything about Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do because you want your MVP franchise quarterback to elevate the play of everyone else around him, right? You want new players to come in, and a good player becomes great when they're with Patrick Mahomes. That's the idea, and we are seeing that this season. With all the playmakers around him, he makes everyone else around him better, and that's the, the best compliment you can give Patrick Mahomes. He has all the, the numbers and the stats, right, but he also has that, and you can't teach that. You just have to have it, and Patrick Mahomes certainly does. And also, think about all the crazy throws he's had this year. He has all the moments, right? The play against Denver to Jarek McKinnon when he throws it like that. Uh, the basketball flip uh, against Tampa Bay earlier this season. He had the dive against the Seahawks last week. Uh, just incredible plays. And he has the less than two minutes left, go win the game drive against the Chargers earlier this year as well. So we could talk for like an hour uh, about all the reasons that he should be the MVP, but Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the NFL this year. The flick the pylon against the Seahawks plays ridiculous. And when you get the still photo <laughs> yeah. where he's parallel he's holding himself ground, up. <laughs> I mean, that's you, you can't even make that stuff up. So Matt and I are nice guys. I think you Kingdom <laughs> defenders know that. But we will argue 15 minutes, 15 days, uh, 15 hours, 15 months about Patrick Mahomes being the most valuable player in 2022. Also, Kingdom, it is time to beat the Denver Broncos for a 15th straight time. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.